Broadcasting before and probably after the rapture. It's the Drew Marshall Show. Uh, Can I just tell you that over the years I've interviewed, you know, a lot of people, a lot of people. And one interview I got a little silly and giddy about was uh, Alan Longmore, who was the bass player for the Bay City Rollers. Dude, I grew up listening to... I don't know who I'm saying dude to. Tim's not here. Where's Tim, by the way? Where is he? He called in and we just ignored him a little while ago. No Tim the Tool today. Well, Vian King. She's the author of Going Farther, Experiencing the Power and Love of God that Turns Tragedy into Triumph. Now, normally I wouldn't get somebody who's written a book with the whole triumph and it's awesome and everything's peachy thing, but I heard from a good friend that this girl is realer than real. And... It's not all about, you know, bubble gum and unicorn farts. It's, there's mess and there's a lot of reality to her story that I kind of like. So, joining us right now on the Drew Marshall Show is Vian King. Um, can you, could you hear the music I was playing, Vian? Uh, yes, yes. Uh, do you know, do you know why I was playing the Bay City Rollers? Uh, no, I was trying to uh, think that maybe you thought that I love dancing on Saturday nights, maybe. I don't know. <laughs> well, I was thinking the fact that you're in a wheelchair. You see what I did yeah. there? Yeah, okay, I get it now. I'm a little slow sometimes, no, so bear with me. No, not at all. Not at all. No, I was thinking that, you know, you're not defined by the wheelchair, so I've seen a lot of action shots of you being in this wheelchair, and it seems like you do almost everything despite the fact you have a wheelchair. Am I right? Uh I have tried a lot of things. I I have to admit, though, I'm not quite as courageous uh, as I may appear uh, as far as, like, doing everything. I've tried things that I will probably never do again, like zip lining, right. <laughs> that kind of thing. Um, but, uh, but, yeah, no, I, I, I've been through uh, so much with not feeling pretty in the chair and not feeling like, um, you know, even though I portrayed this, image that oh i'm doing okay and things are good but uh really it took a long time for me to actually feel valued as that person who um you know i I don't view my disability as like something to be shunned or to feel bad about (laughs) i I say sometimes uh you know i feel bad sometimes for you able-bodied people to be honest uh because uh like you know you see i've went zip lining and downhill skiing but have you not been zip lining and downhill skiing that's cool i know but uh do you know drew i get the same uh reaction when people tell when i tell people that i do uh my own groceries or i drive so like i i have an unfair advantage in life to be honest (laughs) Oh man! All right. Well, let's let's get the visual here. Obviously, it's radio, so it's hard to di- kind of dial in on this. But let's talk uh, pretty succinctly and pretty straightforwardly about your body. Where yes. is the the paralysis? Is from where and down? And is it one hundred percent paralysis? What's what's going on with your body? Well, um, initially, uh, when I was paralyzed, it was from the chest down, uh, and my right side was affected where I couldn't move the fingers on my right side. 
um, and to uh, put it in perspective as to how much I could feel, I went from kissing my fiance and being passionate and like feeling the fireworks uh, to uh, when I was in the hospital and I was diagnosed and, and just feeling uh, feeling leave my body, I was kissing my fiance and having no feeling, like no tingle, no like I want you now kind of thing. Yeah. And so that was devastating. I'm married, I'm, you know, I'm in love with this man and I can't feel anything. So that's where it was to now. Um, I pretty much, uh, let me just explain, uh, uh, and get right to it. Um, so whereas before I couldn't feel anything now, I kind of would say, um, the, the plane kind of is on the runway. It's, it's going to take off and sometimes it lifts off the ground, but it's, it's, it's pretty okay. <laughs> okay. All right. So hold on. So this isn't a, a, a disease that progresses and, and then you get worse. It sounds like you just said it, it's getting better. Um, that's a loaded question. Yes and no. Okay. Um, with my, with my condition, there's been, uh, people that have, uh, progressed and have come out of the chair and in six months and walking, uh, there have been people who, uh, are uh, diagnosed with transverse myelitis that have zero feeling, can't even stand. Uh, and there are people that have had relapses like, so uh, say if I was to have a relapse today and back to square one, totally dependent on, uh, aid. Uh, so there's just so many ranges, but, uh, basically they say, well, good luck with that. And, uh, after 16 years, um, was when I first started to make my first unassisted steps, which is another, um, you know, kind of mind blowing experience after all this time. Hmm. And so, yeah, I have been experiencing things in my body that's getting better and i don't think it's really anything that i've done but i believe that it's more of what god has done in my life and that's just my thoughts okay all right um let me let me just uh, again concisely summarize something here because i want to get to the meat of uh, of one issue in particular basically mm-hmm. as far as i can tell you married mr superhusband yep and here's this guy, you get engaged, all of a sudden you get sick, he decides, yeah, I still want you, which is phenomenal, you guys go ahead, you get married, um, and and then you turn out to be the dirtbag that cheats. <laughs> <laughs> well, I love you too, Drew. <laughs> um, no, it's, uh, it's really crazy to see that all unfold because, like, I was that little girl, like, I just wanted to love Jesus, and I wanted to serve him, and, you know, I just wanted to go to Bible college, I wanted to marry a pastor, I wanted to do ministry, like, I wanted to do something for the Lord, right? So, you know, when I thought about marriage, like, marriage, I wanted it, that's, uh, like, you know, I married one guy, I wanted it to be forever, right? Uh, So, to see uh, this unfold the way it did, it it was devastating to me, but it wasn't like I... I married the guy and like he left the seat up a few too many times and I'm just going to go out and have an affair. Right. It was a, a sequence of events because, um, as you know, like you don't sign up to go and, you know, I'm going to do all these bad things. It's these little be- choices, these little compromises, these little lies that you allow to sit in your heart that grows into something ugly. 
And that started with me uh, believing the lies of uh, that, oh, God didn't want to heal me because I had sin in my life. I believed the lies that, okay, maybe God doesn't love me enough, or uh, maybe, you know, maybe there's, I don't have enough faith. And that's like all those things that I allowed to sit in my heart uh, kind of developed into something ugly where I started to push people away that wanted to encourage me with scripture and and, and then the other side of that, like with Vaughn and I um, working through uh, the communication of this devastation in our, our, our changed future, um, you know, he wasn't really great at communicating, not really good with sharing feelings. And I just wanted to share feelings. I wanted to communicate. And, you know, uh, him seeing me cry and be upset was, a, in his mind, maybe a sign of weakness where it just seemed to be like, don't cry because that, you know, maybe I think you're weak and, and things like that. Whereas me, I just wanted to share. And so in trying to communicate, we did terribly and we just grew apart. Yeah. And as, uh, you know, as I talked about in my book and as we wrote, uh, as I wrote my story, um, even when I went to go and present this book to Vaughn before I wrote it, he read the book and was broken to me. Uh, because he's like, Vienna, I didn't realize you were in that much pain, first of all. Uh, but then realizing that he had a part to play too. Like he checked yeah. out and, you know, and was involved in like these online games who just took up all that time. And like we both hid in our own corners uh, as roommates in the same house. And, and then as you read in the foreword in my book, like he's like, um, he thanks me for staying. Because he realized that it's a two-way street. It's not just one person. So, yeah, in 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 the in the grand scheme of sin, uh, because you could see that I was the one that like went out, and yeah, I'm the dirtbag in the relationship. But he took, <laughs> he took ownership of where he went wrong. Yeah. And today, like Drew, like there's been times like that. My husband has looked at me and said, uh, "Vian." Uh, we are better today because of you and like because that just rocks my world you know so mm. you know it's I, I i think i need to ask forgiveness because i when i heard your story and i i watched the video by the way there's a very powerful video of you kind of doing like the i am second uh, scene the black backdrop and just sharing your story and very very <laughs> powerful very well done and i was listening to that going what are you dopey like you, you you're the one with the you know the disease you're the one with the wheelchair the, he's mr hero and i'm going to stay in the marriage and da, 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 da. and then you go out and you know it didn't even dawn on me that oh wait a second yeah maybe he wasn't the hero that we all we all think and and i'm not hearing you throw him under the bus what i hear you saying uh vian is is that you you both checked out in various ways right yeah mm-hmm Yes, and uh, it, it's it's really it's really difficult because even even though the action that I did was sinful and it was devastating and it caused so much pain, um, I was hurting. Mm. I was in pain, and we make bad choices in our pain. Uh, and and the thing was that like uh, I don't want to use that Christian term. He was Jesus with skin on, but I'm gonna I'm gonna uh, <laughs> just because. Um, and really, like, he didn't, like, criticize me. Like, he was hurt and broken. And, and we walked through a really tough time of getting back to where we are now. But, Drew, he loved me where I was at 
without judgment. He he didn't like sometimes throw it in my face and say, oh, blah, 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 whatever. We, we, we walked a very, very rough road of like having tough conversations about, you know, honey, I, like I'm like, I can't promise you that I'll never get another text message. I'll never get another message. I'll never uh, feel these things or whatever, but I can promise you that I'll be open and accountable to you. Uh, but honestly, until I was ready to say, God, like, I can't do this on my own. Like, I felt like the sin that I had led, that secret life, was just like the freckles on my arm. Like, I felt like there was no way that I was going to break free of this. And he said, you know what? You're right. You can't. And until I was allowed, um, until I allowed God to move back into the center of my life and our marriage, and we both agreed to do that, then we had something to work with. But we had to be willing to love each other where we were at without that judgment. And to that was, I mean, I, I don't even understand that myself, how that's possible, because... Yeah. You know. Okay, so, sorry, I'm getting bored with my own question in these sorts of interviews. So I'll interview someone with some kind of physical ailment or illness or sickness or you know wheelchair. I don't know, whatever. And inevitably, I'll always come around to. You must have come to a point where you looked up in the air and went, "Seriously, God, I I get this. I get this disease. I have to live with it. I I'm struck down with blah blah blah, whatever it is. And it, all of a sudden, your your soul screams out, "Unfair, unfair." Did that happen to you? I think in some ways it did. I was in denial for a, a while, I guess, and I and I and I um, kind of like, oh, I've always been the strong person. I've always loved God, so I need to portray that. Um, and uh, you know, when I came back to God and when I allowed Him to come into my life, um, I said, God, I don't care about a healing. I just want you to grip my heart because what I found to be true was that. Um, I was more disabled as an able-bodied person than I am ever as uh, a person with a disability. And I mean that with all my heart. Uh, did I ever, uh, do I remember one point in my life where I screamed at God, uh, why this? Um, I, I honestly can't pinpoint the day or if that ever happened in, in a roundabout way. Uh, but the health issues that I struggled with as a result of this, hmm. I cried out to God many times and thought that like, you've abandoned me, you don't care. Um, and, and to also add to that would be, um, I honestly pray, God, I want to make an impact for you. Like my life, God, I want it to glorify you. And through this time, I can say that I've lost that perspective and thought that God abandoned me and he didn't care about me because not only am I not serving him, I'm now like destroyed my marriage and my, and I've ruined my faith. Like, there's no coming back from that, from the world's perspective and from our standards. But I look at what God has done in my life now, and I can 100, 1,000% say, God, thank you that you have honored the prayer that I wanted to use my life to glorify you. And if I may add a little bit more to that, um, is just recently I've been really, really challenged with um, the faith chapter in Hebrews, when you have all those people like Moses and Gideon, their faith and Abraham by their faith, and they overcome and they, they parted Red Seas and they did all these fabulous things because of their faith. And um, in a recent speaking engagement, I had someone question me uh, about Romans 8 and 28, because I, I, I quoted a lot saying that God works all things for the good of those who love him. And uh, he questioned me and said, do you really believe that? And I was like, I was glad that question came 
because it really challenged me. Yes, I do believe that. And as I'm reading the faith chapter of these people that have went and like their faith, like God, like counted it to Abraham as righteousness. And then you read further on in Hebrews chapter 11, where some were beheaded, some were, uh, you know, flogged and like they didn't see their faith come to fruition or whatever. They didn't see the hope of their promise be fulfilled. Yeah, they didn't. They, they weren't able to go on a book tour. No. Right. With the and big message. like John. Right. John the Baptist was in prison saying, God, where are you? Like he was beheaded in prison, but yet his life was a legacy that will live on. And so lately, this last little while, I've been thinking, like in my prayer credit, I'm like, God, where do I fit in that line? Like, am I going to be, is, is my faith going to, like, am I going to part the Red Sea? Am I going to come out of my chair because I'm believing God that I believe God for big things? And I'm like, God, am I going to believe uh, and like, and have the faith of Gideon and Abraham where I'm going to see things happen? Mm-hmm. Or am I going to be like John the Baptist and beheaded? Uh, and honestly, I, 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 I'm, I'm going to say, and God is my witness, I've came to the conclusion that I am okay with that. And i tell you why. Because I have resolved that even if my faith is not seen on this earth as coming to fruition, it's the bigger joy and the hope that I have in my faith and the blessing that comes with having the freedom in Christ, Drew. Because it's not about me and it's not about a healing, but it's about how you're going to impact this world for Christ because we are not in this world forever. And losing my father-in-law through cancer, sitting at his bedside thinking that he was going to be raised, and I had the faith that he was going to come alive uh, and, and, and to, to be restored. Or my cousin that I lost to cancer just this last month. You know, it challenged my faith, like, but God wants me still to believe big things from a big God, and that's why I live and breathe. Good, good, good. Wow, wow. You, you caught me listening. I should have been thinking of the next question. Sorry, I was listening. Um, how many miscarriages have you had? Uh, just the one, Drew. Thank God it was just the one, but at the same yeah. time, wow. Can you just paint the picture a little bit for us, please, of this I was going to use, the, obviously, it's traumatic, but I feel like a real dopey guy talking about miscarriages because I, you know, what do I know? But yours was just, oh, anyway, bring us into this into this moment, please, for us. Okay, so let's um, uh, paint the picture of, okay, so uh, we've been having struggles in our marriage and trying to work through uh, some of these um you know, some of these feelings. And we thought that we uh, try to have a baby because we thought that that might be a good step for us to really connect. And um, so we did get pregnant and uh, it was um, about, uh, I think I was uh, probably about two months pregnant and I was in the bathroom. It was at 1030 at night and I was in the bathroom and I was bleeding profusely and crying because I knew that this wasn't a good sign. I'm like, uh, you know, it's not right. And so I went on the phone with HealthLink and they said, you know, you have to get to the hospital. Now, my husband was already in bed uh, because he was about to leave to go on a business trip. And uh, so anyway, so he got me to the hospital. We were in the hospital room and, you know, we're having small talk like uh, should uh, I, you know, leave you some money to take a taxi home or should, you know, you call a friend because I might miss my flight. And, you know, I'm just sitting there and thinking, you know, whatever, whatever. I don't know. Anyway, he stayed and we're sitting there. And so the doctor uh, comes to do the 
look at me and uh, he's confirming that, yes, we are going to have to miscarry. And as we are um, in the room there and he Vaughn was not in the room with me at the time, he came in after and um, the doctor had told me that uh, it looks like you may have had twins. And so anyway, I'm just not even really processing that we get home. And it's like, by this time, it's now, what, three o'clock in the morning. And by about 3.30, Vaughn was on an airplane out the door to go to his business trip. And I'm left there, like, totally numb and not, like, I I, I don't know. Even my my sister actually said, she's like, Vianne, she said, uh, I thought that maybe you didn't even really care because of the way that you were acting. Uh, she said, but I, I realized that I needed to step in and say, listen, you need to take time off work. And she was just right there and helping me. And, you know, my mother-in-law was there and they said, like, we're going to be there for you. I, I don't know, you know, how they felt exactly. Maybe feeling like, oh, you know, my son is not there to be with you. So we're going to try to help out in some way. Uh, so I was left to pick up the pieces and in shock. Like, of course, I wanted him to want to stay. Uh, and I could have said, honey, I need you, but I didn't at that time. Uh, and FYI, men need to be told. Yeah. <laughs> they just don't. Like, you know, that's one thing that I would say to women is that, like, you need your man, you need him, and to have that communication. Uh, and anyway, so when he got back from that trip, um, I was like, we're done. And uh, the marriage is over, and I'm seeing somebody else kind of thing and, and whatnot. And, you know, in that moment, he was like, no, uh, you know, as devastated as it was for him. And we took a few days apart and whatnot uh, because he needed to, you know, figure things out and whatnot. But he's like, no, you know, we're, we're going to get through this. I signed up like I wanted you because, you know, um, I loved you. And I said forever. And in an interview that we uh, did there um, just in the past year, uh, his words, he said, you know, when that happened, you know, Vianne, uh, he, he said clearly she was hurting. And uh, I realized that she wasn't the same girl that I married. And so I realized that that wasn't who she was. And so I, we had to try to work through this. And yeah, that it was devastating. But again, you just need to like, if, if you don't want to work on it, it won't work. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yep. That's the bottom line. Like, yeah, this this could have ended up so many more different ways. But I like again, I just thank God that, you know, I did have that experience. But I just know that if it's possible for me, it's possible for anybody to overcome if you want to. Well, I'm just looking at the clock and we're we're out of time, but I think that's a perfect uh, moment to stop and say, you got to get this book. The book is called mm-hmm. Going Farther, Experience the Power and Love of God that Turns Tragedy into Triumph. And uh, we've been chatting with the author, uh, Vian King. Uh, the name is spelled V-A-H-E-N, vianking.com is the website. Thank you for being, you know, somebody who... You look, you still have a kind of a, uh, you still have a glory story, right? You still do. It's very, there's a lot of shine and light to it. And that's, that's, that's good for, uh, look, I have the spiritual gift of pessimism. Okay. (laughs) But uh, there's enough about your story that is, that is, I mean, it's just, it really is powerful because it's so authentic. It's messy. It's real. And these are the things that I like uh, tremendously about you and your story. And I wish you guys the best. I really do. Well, thank you, Drew. It's been a pleasure being on your show. Thank you, Vian. Good to chat with you. Bye-bye. All right, listen, we're going to take a short break on our show. Lots more coming up. Stay with us. Yeah, 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 yeah. 